The Spectator magazine combines incisive political analysis with books and arts reviews of unrivaled authority. Subscribe today for just £12 and receive a 12-week subscription in print and online, plus a £20 Amazon gift voucher, absolutely free. Go to spectator.co.uk forward slash voucher. Welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Katie Bulls. So the Prime Minister is facing the most peril in his premiership so far, but has he managed a stay of execution? Katie, after yesterday's Prime Minister's questions, after which we released uh, the Coffee House Shots that I'm sure all listeners have heard of already, what's happened overnight that has or hasn't perhaps changed the calculation for the Prime Minister? So after Prime Minister's questions... We saw, I think, a few, a few things happen. I mean, the apology combined with this request to wait for Sue Gray's um, inquiry, I think, has landed to the point that I think MPs are still quite undecided generally, but they are at least saying, let's wait till this report comes out, which we expect to be in a few weeks' time, so long as there isn't a police investigation in the meantime. We have seen a show of support from the Cabinet. It began with, you know, ultra Boris Johnson loyalists like Nadine Doris coming out, Pretty Patel also, and say, you know, you've got to stand by our man, um, some on Tory WhatsApp, some on social media. And then that became a game of, well, has every single member of the cabinet come out to back Boris Johnson? Notably, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss took quite some time. I think they got round to it both, you know, early evening. Rishi Sunak lend Liz Truss. So I think it's fair to say the foreign secretary is slightly more effusive in her praise of Boris Johnson, you know, suggesting that, you know, he was the man for the job. Whereas I think what lots of papers have picked up today was how... Rishi Sunak, who wasn't around yesterday, he wasn't in the Commons, was very simple in what he said. It's rather straight, ultimately saying, you know, it's right that the Prime Minister apologised and we should wait for the Sue Gray report. Whereas I think other ministers have gone further than that. Not every minister. And um, you say, you know, Boris Johnson is the leader we need. And that's being read as, you know, but that's someone who's been talked of as a potential leadership rival. So I don't think Boris Johnson is out of the woods in any way. I think that he faces a tricky few days. I definitely feel it probably feels more likely than not that we're, we're not heading to, you know, a confidence vote this week. Mm. I think I'd be surprised even if it was one next week there is a sense of waiting for the report but almost the way that I think is now being read is well the cabinet are backing Boris Johnson and if he can get through this report then he's in a stable position you know he's got a majority of 80 it's not Theresa May is but I think that if I were in Downing Street the thing that would worry me most is ultimately this YouGov poll that's come out by which mm. you have a situation where Labour are 10 points ahead largest lead um since Boris Johnson being Prime Minister and I think Actually, um, looking back to the Theresa May years too, you know, it's 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 a very notable lead, and it stands out. And and as MPs go home to their constituencies, but also just in the coming weeks, I mean, Boris Johnson can get through this. But the point is, can he bounce back? Will he be able to be a leader who doesn't have all this baggage in a few months' time? And I think that's the bigger test because we can talk about the Sue Gray report all they want, and clearly it is important, but. It is a political decision to get rid of a prime minister and bring someone else in. And the Sugro report will obviously put into detail what's happening um, in the parties and provide some evidence. It could be even bolder than people are expecting. But I think this idea that a civil servant is going to decide for MPs 
the future is, is is not correct and actually it's going to come down to other factors and I think the polls will be particularly interesting. Now James, one of those enthusiastically coming out to support the Prime Minister is has been Jacob Rees-Mogg and he's got himself in a little bit of a Scottish Tory versus English Tory or rather national Tory I should say kind of uh, strife. This is what he had to say about Douglas Ross, the leader of Scottish Conservatives. Douglas Ross has always been quite a lightweight figure so I don't think Oof. that... And now the Scottish Conservatives have kind of fought back in, in saying that Douglas Ross is not a lightweight. So what, what do you make of that whole row? So Douglas Ross is the most significant figure to have come out calling for Boris Johnson's departure. You, know, you now have the leader of the Scottish Tory party and the leader of the UK Conservative party in very different places. To, and I mean, there's an interesting question now, which, you know, which of their leaders do the Scottish Tory MPs at Westminster agree with? They, you know, their Scottish leader or their Westminster leader? And I mean, that, that, is, that is a problem. I think that one of the interesting things here is what motivated Douglas Ross is, as always with politicians, it's, it's a mixture of, uh, of principle and pragmatism. He worries that Boris Johnson is a drag on the Tories' fortunes in Scotland. There are council elections in Scotland coming up. And he obviously thinks that Scottish Tories would do better if the UK Tories had a different leader. And so he's trying to kind of use this moment to push Boris Johnson out. I think where Jacob Rees-Mogg has made a mistake is one of the best arguments that the kind of Johnson loyalists have is like, look... Do we want a leadership election now? It'll be bloody. It'll be so difficult. Like, don't do it. You know, you, you, and if people think this is going to happen anyway, you slightly reduce that. I think one of the other interesting things is Jacob Rees-Mogg is you know, trying to say that all the people who have come out criticising Boris Johnson were on the other side on the referendum. They're kind of Remainers. I think he's right about the... He's obviously factually correct about the people who are going public, but... I don't think when you talk to Tory MPs that this is splitting down the party on leave remain lines. And I think that if you look at the poll that Katie pointed to earlier, you know, we are not in that point where issues are so seen from the prism of Brexit that you know Brexiteers feel what they have to rally to their champion in Boris Johnson, kind of whatever the cause is. I think this is seen in a different light by the public. I, I, I mean, there is also there is also a question here, which is. Lots of people talking about the cabinet tweeting in support of Boris Johnson. I was struck by how unsupportive so many of them were. Mm. You know, Anok Sharma says the Prime Minister was right to apologise. We need to let <laughs> Sue Gray complete her investigation. That is not a kind of, you know, this is the, the, the best man for the job. And I thought that, you know, that if you read, like, there's obviously lots of kind of concentration on the kind of minute examination of a text of Rishi Sunak's tweet because of when it came and because he'd been in Devon during PMQs. But I was struck as these things came out from the Cabinet, how few of them said, it's time to, no one said it's time to move on. Yeah, yeah. And how they were all basically saying, wait for Sue Gray. You know, look at Sajid Javid. I completely understand why people feel let down. The PM did the right thing by apologising. Now we need to let the investigation complete its work. We have so much to get on with, including rolling out boosters, testing and antivirals so we can live with COVID. None of that is saying, you know, the Prime Minister has done the right thing. It's not a kind of, oh, come on, let's move on. You know, the Jacob Rees-Mogg argument, this was only 25 minutes. Let's see this in the big picture. I think what we are seeing here is, you know, the Tory party and the cabinet down, largely sitting on their hands, waiting to see which way this breaks. Mm. And Katie, let's look at that Sue Gray report then, because the papers are reporting that it's 
might be coming at the end of next week, which is quite soon. What kind of thing could she be saying in there? And what is that? What are the implications? Obviously, the stakes are extremely high. And there are some reports saying that she might be talking about a drinking culture within the office rather than any particular people implicated. Yeah, I think in a way, because every minister and the prime minister have ultimately fobbed off questions in the past week, two weeks um, beyond on the parties by saying wait for the Sea Grey report undoubtedly almost an impossible level of expectation has been put on this report and obviously we don't know exactly what it's going to say but it is more likely um, to set out the culture in Downing Street on parties to say bits that are happening and saying, you know, and this is why the Prime Minister has, you know, broken the law and must go. I mean, no one expects it to say that. And therefore, I think it's just a little bit of a, you know, buying time mechanism to talk about this. Um, perhaps, I think, I think in probably a good case scenario for Boris Johnson, the report comes out in two weeks, things have cooled slightly, the pressure is down, it highlights some problems. It doesn't specifically say, you know, this came from the very top. This was set, you know, moved from the top. And then you can say, we learned from this. I'm going to move my team around slightly and, you know, ta-da, reset. Here we go. Here are some domestic policies for you to talk about. But I think this is where the report could be, you know, damning. We know that uh, Sue Gray is interviewing various figures. There's, you know, some saying, oh, she can look at CCTV, looking at people's phones. So I think it could have revelations. And obviously for some, such as uh, Martin Reynolds, the figure who sent out their email, there are more questions about whether they can hang on. And I think that those who are the most loyal to Boris Johnson actually do think he does need to axe a few people to protect himself. And so will he choose to do that? But this is why Ultimately, I think the Seagrow report is just one part of this. Mm. And when people say, wait for it, that's not going to be the end of the saga. The point is, do MPs feel, because it is, it's political, do they, a civil servant's not going to decide the Prime Minister goes, do they feel that it is untenable? Do they give Boris Johnson a few months to work it out? Do they decide that they can actually go out and broadcast and say the Prime Minister did nothing wrong? I think that's more the thing to look at. Katie and James, thanks very much. And listeners can always follow the latest twists and turns on the Coffee House Shots podcast. Mm-hmm.